Well, welcome back to the Mayfair. Glad that you're here. And uh, this is our first service back uh, since uh, the last calendar year. And um, as we've been getting ready to gather back here again, um, I've been thinking long and hard about, God, what is, what is it that you want to stir within us as we're gathering back? Um, what is it that you want us to be uh, diving into you? We're looking into. And um, I, I feel as though there's an opportunity for us, again, just continuing on in this theme that we've already heard about this morning, uh, to lift our eyes, uh, to, 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 to make sure that our eyes are fixed on the right thing as followers of Jesus, that we have the right goals, uh, the right aims. So um, if I can give uh, the, the sermon this morning a, a title, and it's going to be a fairly lengthy one, it is going to be this. It's more of a header. It's this, don't long for a return to normal when Jesus has called us to expect the supernatural. Don't long for a return to normal when Jesus has called us to expect the supernatural. A few days ago, Natalia was dropping uh, our, our two oldest off at the same school and got chatting with a mom at the school gate who, uh, who we've become friends with, and, and she works in healthcare and really an incredible woman in so many ways. But she made a comment that I think really sums, certainly sums up how she is feeling right now, and I think how so many of us are feeling. She looked at Natalia and she said, I just want my normal life back. So she said, I just want my normal life back. I don't know about you, I, I can really relate to that. There's some things about normal life that I really want back. I, I want to be able to meet up with friends in a normal way. I want to be able to kind of even physically kind of be in this room with the church in a normal way. All of the social things that we now have to kind of navigate when we are around people, asking people what they're comfortable with, things that are good to do, don't hear me wrong, but it's, it's, I, I, I long for it to be a bit more straightforward. Who knows when that's going to be, but I do. I, I long for that. But let me tell you this. In the life of the church, I want to caution us against longing for normal in an unhealthy way. When God has called us to desire the supernatural and desire the power of God to be moving among us as his people. What do I mean by normal church in that sense? Well, let me speak about it culturally, at least within the Christian culture here in our nation. Within our Christian culture, normal church has become often more about the comfort of the sheep than it has been about the glory of the shepherd. Normal church has often become more about claiming certain non-biblical rights and freedoms that allow us to keep our doors open while ignoring the poor and the suffering outside of those doors. And normal church has often become about showing up on Sunday, Sundays or other aspects of church life and blindly going through religious motions rather than desiring and expecting supernatural moves of God in the life of the church that bring glory to God. And it's that third one that I particularly want to focus on this morning. Now, am I saying that those three things that I've just said, that they're part of life here at Grace City Church? Well, they can be. And if I'm honest with you, there have been times in our life as a church where I think those things have been the case, where our focus has been on the wrong thing. And much of that responsibility lies on me, rests on me. There have been times when my focus has been in the wrong place. There have been times when I have started thinking in a very insular way. 
So this morning, what I'm sharing with you is, is something that I've felt God stirring within me as we're gathering again. I mean, it's in many ways, this sort of feels like September a few months ago when we were, before then we were gathering in city parks, before then we were online for a long time, and then we gathered again and there was this opportunity to just to, to be realigned by the Holy Spirit. What, are our, what is our focus? What are our objectives? What are we aiming for? I think God's doing that again, even right now. It seems that that work is not done. That's not a bad thing. Let's be open to the guidance of the Holy Spirit. This, this church belongs to Jesus. It's not mine. It's not yours. It belongs to Him. Let's let Him guide us any way that He sees fit. And I think there's a call for us, an invitation for us uh, to expect and to desire the supernatural in the life of our church, even as we gather again. Even here, this morning. Now, we need to lay a little bit of a theological framework here as we're looking at this. Two very, very simple questions. Firstly, what is the church? And secondly, what is it that the church is meant to do? If we're to understand what we are to desire, if we're to understand how we are to kind of move from this place, we need need to know who we are. We need to know what we're meant to do. Well, the church, the church of Jesus Christ, are those who have repented of their sins and have placed their faith in Jesus Christ, and in doing so, have become part of the family of God by being part of the body of Christ. This is key. The church and members of the church are in Christ, and as such, are part of his body. Now, we often talk about that in church life. We're part of the body of Christ. We go to Scripture that tells us that each member of that body, each part of that body is unique. Each part brings value and has a role to play, that's all true. But as being part of the body of Christ, as the church, that means that we are called also into the ministry of Christ. And the ministry of Jesus that we see in the New Testament should be ministry that continues today in the life of his church. Now, how did Jesus describe his ministry? In Luke chapter 19, Jesus described his ministry, his mission, as this. He said, the Son of Man came to seek and save the lost. So as the body of Christ, what should be at the top of our mission as a church? What is the primary way that we are going to bring glory to God? Well, it's going to include this, seeking and saving the lost. Why? Because that was the mission of Jesus Christ. That's why he came himself. In Matthew 28, the great commission that many of us will be familiar with, Jesus says this very thing, go therefore and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. So the mission of the church that is given by Jesus in Matthew chapter 28 did not start with the great commission. It starts with Jesus because that is the mission that Jesus was on himself and continues to be on today, but through his body. If you're here as a follower of Jesus, that is the mission that Jesus is on through you and through me, through the enabling and through the power of the Holy Spirit. This is what the church is meant to do. It is meant to glorify God by continuing on in the mission of Jesus when he walked the earth some 2,000 years ago. And it's signs and wonders that have always accompanied the gospel as a witness to who Jesus is. We love miracle stories, don't we? We love the miracle stories of Jesus that we read about in the New Testament. They're wonderful stories. 
They're wonderful stories of healings, of, of crowds being fed by just a handful of loaves of fish. Amazing things. Amazing things. We love these stories. Each and every one of them is meant to be a sign that points to the truth of who Jesus is. That Jesus is the way, the truth, and the life. That Jesus is the promised Messiah, the Savior of the world. This is how the writer to Hebrews in Hebrews chapter 2 speaks about these signs and wonders. In Hebrews chapter 2, verses 3 and 4, this is what we read. How shall we escape if we neglect such a great salvation? It was declared at first by the Lord, and it was attested to us by those who heard, while God also bore witness by signs and wonders and various miracles and by gifts of the Holy Spirit distributed according to his will. This gospel was attested to us by those who heard, while God also bore witness by signs and wonders. That is the point of miracles. That was the point of miracles in Jesus' ministry. That is the point of miracles in the church today, that it would bear witness to the gospel, that it would bear witness to who Jesus is. That means that these miracles are not just miracles for miracles' sake. These are miracles for the gospel's sake. These miracles are ultimately meant to be seen as confirmation that Jesus is the Christ, that he is the Savior of the world. And just as God is committed to his son being seen and known as the Savior, just as God was committed to that 2,000 years ago as Jesus walked the earth, God is just as committed to that today, that his son would be known. And this is why the church, including Grace City Church, is meant to be a place of signs and wonders as confirmation of the gospel. Now, I grew up in a church that didn't believe this. Many of you grew up in churches that didn't believe this. There's no shortage of debate around miracles in the life of the church today. Some have argued uh, that signs and wonders, that miracles, only existed in the early church because it was only in the early church where the truth of the gospel needed to be confirmed. And once those people were convinced of it, then the need for signs and wonders confirming the truth of the gospel, that that stopped. And we don't need that anymore now. All, all we need is the Word of God. The Word of God alone is the way that that argument would go. Now, I would be among the first to say we need the Word of God. In fact, we need the Word of God more than we need these signs because it's only through the Word of God that we come to understand what these signs are for. We need this book to understand what God is doing through signs and wonders. But we need both. <laughs> I need both in my life. They don't have to be mutually exclusive. It doesn't have to be one or the other, even if there is a correct ordering and a healthy ordering. There are many problems with the argument that miracles aren't for the church today, that we should just not expect them today, that we shouldn't ask God for them today. But the biggest problem with that argument is this, and, and I, could, I could bore you for a long time about the problems with the argument, but the big thing that I want to impress upon you today is this is that the argument that miracles are not for the church today, that they shouldn't be part of the lives of believers today, that argument cannot be found in Scripture. It's that simple. <laughs> that argument cannot be found in Scripture. There is no explicit teaching in the Word of God that says that signs and wonders were only for the early church and then they were to stop. 
If that were the case, surely Jesus would have said it, wouldn't he? Jesus took a lot of time to speak about things that would happen after he ascended to the Father. He spoke about things that would happen in Jerusalem. He spoke about things that his early followers would face in their lives. He prophesied about things in the future. If it was the case that those things were to stop, that signs and wonders were to stop, wouldn't Jesus have said it? But he didn't say it. If anything, Jesus says the opposite. In John chapter 14, verse 12, Jesus gives every indication very clearly that these signs and wonders would continue. John chapter 14, verse 12 says, Truly, truly, I say to you, whoever believes in me will also do the works that I do, and greater works than these he will do, because I am going to the Father. And that one gets under your skin, doesn't it? And again, the critics would say, oh, no, 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 but there Jesus, Jesus says works. He doesn't say signs. When Jesus is speaking works and signs, there's, there's something different when Jesus is speaking about that. And you know what? About that, they're actually right. There is a difference between works and signs. But here's the thing. When Jesus speaks about works, that includes signs. When we read in the New Testament about the works of Jesus, that's a reference to his entire ministry. That's a reference to signs and wonders, also to expressions of compassion, also to prayer and going before the Father. It's the entire ministry of Jesus, including signs and wonders. So when Jesus says, you will do even greater works than these, he's not saying, dear follower of Jesus, your miracles are going to be greater than mine. That's not what he's saying. Who among us could do greater miracles than the Savior of the world? But what he is making reference to is scope. Do you hear that? What he is making reference to is scope. Jesus' ministry existed primarily in Jerusalem and the outlying areas. But Matthew chapter 28, where does Jesus send his followers to? Into all the world. Into all the world. These signs and wonders are to be part of the life of the church today. And we can come expectant that God is desiring to do these things even in the life of our church, even here this morning, as a means of confirmation about who His Son is, that He is the Christ, that He is the promised Messiah. Dear church, dear Grace City, as we gather here again, and we hope that we're not going to have interruptions again to being able to gather in person on Sundays. I don't know, but we hope that we don't. But as a church, let's not long for a return to normal when God has called us to desire the supernatural. Now, as I close and as we get ready to respond by going to the table and, and singing more songs of worship to Jesus, what I've been speaking about this morning largely has been about us as a church, as a body, being expectant for these miracles to be present in our life as a church. But I want to ask you individually, individually, man, woman, sat here in front of me right now this morning, what is the miracle that you're wanting God to do in your life right now? I, I, I hope you'll come away from here this morning wanting for us as a church to be expectant of these things and to see these things happening in the life of the church. I really hope you do. But in your own life right now, in your own life, what is the miracle that you want to see God do? 
Do you know he cares about that thing? He cares deeply about that thing, whatever it is. Maybe you live in Centertown and, and you've not been able to sleep. Maybe, maybe even coming out here this morning has been tough because you've had to walk out your front door and you wanted to wear a mask as you walked down Bank Street and you didn't know what that would mean for you this morning. Maybe it's God, just, just make this all stop, please. Bring this to a peaceful resolution and soon. Maybe that's the miracle that you want to see because this is really impacting you. Maybe you don't live right down there, but there's a lot of fear and anxiety that you're feeling over these events. Maybe it has nothing to do with these protests. Maybe there's a pain or a disappointment that you have carried for years. Something that years ago you started asking God for, but somewhere along the way you stopped because it just became too hard to keep asking over and over and over. God cares deeply about that thing. God cares deeply about whatever that is. What is the miracle that you want God to do in your own life? 